What were the maps for you? Um, I mean, the, perhaps the surprise name would be the, the love of Philip Larkin, um, uh, which, which uh, but there was also Edward Thomas, I think. Um, there was a, a love of the Romantics. There's, there's a, so that was one inheritance. But there was obviously this inheritance of practicing um, ragas of Tagore, yeah. um, of a, an Indian literary tradition as well. Yeah. Um, question of languages as well, of English and, and Bengali. It, it was a very rich and rather complex inheritance. It was. It was a. It was a kind of yeah. It was a kind of complicated inheritance, and uh, a certain set of things I'd inherited um, through education uh, and through kind of. Uh, the kind of, kind of culture I grew up in in Bombay, and and that would be both kind of um, things to do, things to do with what we might call Western culture, Western high culture, but also Western popular culture. Uh, but as a Bengali, uh, I was also inheriting things to do with the modernist culture of Bengal, uh, and and um, but except that on some level I was an outsider to both. I mean, I. Well, Though I didn't think of myself as an outsider to Western culture, on some level I, I must have been an outsider to it, uh, given that, like Stephen, I didn't have any natural ownership of, of it if challenged, if so challenged, you know, okay. about about the question of ownership. Um, but but uh, but with Bengali culture too, I had no ownership because I'd grown up in Bombay. I I didn't learn Bengali in school, so although I was very interested, deeply interested in what had happened in Calcutta, in Bengal, to produce, uh, um, you know, not only Tagore and Satyajitre and an entire culture of writing which was extraordinary, but to produce my parents, uh, to produce, you know, uh, my uncle, uh, and in a way produce myself. I mean, if I, if I were to think and talk about these things, I, I could be challenged by um, uh, a Bengali uh, from Calcutta uh, and, and be told that, you know, I actually wasn't part of that culture in any any real way, um, so I had that inheritance on both sides. In a, would you be challenged? I mean, it's an interesting idea of I being had... challenged about the about an ownership of of a culture. It's, oh, yeah, it's yes, it yeah. happens all the time. Okay, uh, especially with my Bengali kind of background. I mean, there are Bengalis who would say that you know, I mean, he this is not a bona fide Bengali, you know, uh, and and. Um, did your parents speak Bengali? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then at school you spoke. I spoke in English, English. and and also I spoke in Hindi to a certain extent, not with my friends, uh, because there was a hierarchy of languages according to class, uh, and Hindi according to class hierarchy fell a little below English. Okay. Uh, but but uh, I knew Hindi, so those are the languages I spoke because I was growing up in. In, in Bombay. Now, if I'd, if I'd grown up in Calcutta, I would have spoken, probably, who knows, I would have spoken English and uh, Bengali equally. Um, and, and because with Bengali, because of its strong cultural um, uh, antecedents, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't suffer in that hierarchy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a valid modern language. Um, so I, I, found, I found all of that fascinating about my history. Uh, and um, and yes, I mean, it's a history that's very much in the background of these characters yeah. in, in the novel. And there's something quite strange happens when you land in England, is suddenly you almost become oddly generic. There's a lovely passage about you become Asian, and these um, 
differences of culture almost get sort of smoothed over and, mm. and eradicated by a sort of ignorant or unknowing yeah. English culture. Was that? I mean, that, and that was sounds to be for Amanda. I assume for you too. Dislocating in a whole new way that you to me, to me it's now. I mean, it's not something I would have been. It's not something that would have been at the forefront of my consciousness then. It's something I became aware of over time. <coughs> that that uh, um, the, the 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 markers of class are invisible to other cultures. Uh, you know, um, and 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 it's in. I mean. To, to Indians, and they might be educated Indians who've come here and who've never been here before, or at least this was true earlier on, um, it would be very difficult for them not only to be unable to tell an Englishman from the north of England from, say, dif- dis- distinguished him from an Englishman from the south, I and mean, those categories would, would make no sense. And secondly, um, it would be dif- different, sorry, difficult for them to distinguish them uh, in terms of class, mm. or e- and also interestingly in terms of self-fashioning and class acquired. Okay. Uh, so, so, uh, so, so, so there would be a whole dimension of the interplay of various things that form the English person that would be missing as far as the Indian was concerned. They, they would be just, they would be English, that's, that's it. And, and the same is true of the way people from outside view Indians, uh, that all the kind of com- complexities by which you can tell what class they belong to, what their education is. Because with Indians, uh, uh, people immediately think that caste is the main thing. But just how much of modern India is formed by privilege and class privilege? Uh, say, I'm talking about secular modern India, okay. and how how it's inf- inflected and inflicted by uh, with um, class hierarchy. I don't think is um, is readable or decipherable to the outside. Okay. Yeah. How, where does language come into this, or where does um, perhaps the better question is where did when you arrived, where did literature come in? And it seems that. The idea of self-fashioning that you just mentioned for for Ananda is is something to do with finding his voice as a writer. I was very curious about, and it reminded me of that Keats. I think I think talking about Shakespeare, the idea of a life of allegory um, that somehow we we form ourselves by seeing through these influences to find maybe an authentic voice, um, and that seemed to deal with some of the stuff we were just talking about. An idea. Uh, empire of language, of class, of of being an exile, of being isolated—all these seem to be wrapped up in this this idea of trying to of a of a young man trying to to write. Yeah, I think uh, I think what's happening to Ananda at this point of time is, like me, he is um, in 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 love with literature and with certain poets and with an idea of literature and and. Uh, still hasn't become quite aware of what the deep love of his own sort of life is and, and, and what he will then channel towards writing. What, what, was, what was that, uh, I realise? Uh, that was the, the, the everyday. Um, so so, so that, 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 that is the kind of the everyday in terms of the street, 
what you see from a room, uh, the window. Um, a pea being kicked from uh, a kitchen. Maybe into... even that. Maybe <laughs> even that. A balcony, uh, and and also this, the 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 in, intermediate spaces you inhabit, like the balcony, when you are looking out and are not completely noticed. Um, maybe even the toilet and the bath as kind of private spaces where you think and and where you where you achieve certain kinds of movements bowel movements mm-hmm. of course but of, uh, but also mental movements you know which has to do with the finishing the poem and re- reading it again all those things that form um, us both physically and mentally and, and have deeply to do with the everyday the rhythms of the everyday this is not I think something that Ananda realizes is mm, is what he truly loves or what he's truly attached to uh, and and so he's kind of flailing a little bit, uh, and 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 he he does. He, I think he has begun to recognize that it's modern literature and modernist literature that he feels closest to. So, so when he looks back, the Romantics are fine, uh, but when he looks at the Victorians and he looks at the Renaissance and looks further back, all of that seems too probably too literary in a big way f- sure. for him to feel any any sense of excitement uh, uh, but with with the idea of the provisional coming up uh, with the modern that is we don't need to talk about the grand action or the uh, or, or the or the grand things that that we could maybe be writing about bus stops you know uh, uh, the, the, I think that's what excites him um, you're taking on Ulysses and I think there's a, there's a very nice line um, which is the idea that it wasn't the, the idea that art could do everything um, could say everything and there were things that you weren't able to say and a novel like Ulysses in a way was an attempt to, to say everything um, and I can see and, and that idea of close observation say of I was just reading a little bit this morning as to of say the movement of water and trying to not just say it but enact that movement I can see a kinship with, with between you but there's also it's like kicking against as well I felt that your prose is so much sparer um, the, the, the movement feels different from, from Joyce there's not that sense of an accumulation and amassing the lists the, the sort of Okay, let me talk about Ananda's relationship mm. with Joyce, yeah, okay. and then I'll talk about my okay. relationship. So Ananda's relationship would echo, say, my relationship with Joyce from that time, because when I was 17, precociously, all of a sudden, after thinking that James Hadley Chase and Alistair McLean were literature and Desmond Bagley, uh, I suddenly... Of course, the only connection literature had even then was poetry. So I was reading poetry all the time. Right. So then I suddenly kind of graduated towards reading these big novels, you know. And I read uh, Portrait of the Artist and <clears throat> Ulysses when I was 17. Then having read them, thought, this is, this is not great, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like them. And, um, and then uh, this is something that, that I'm trying to... Mm, address and, and return to 
in the portrait of Anandu as somebody who who is caught up in a narrative that that weaves in on some level strands from Joyce and Homer but himself is opposed to them in some way uh, so so that, that that's what's happening here so that there are kind of contemptuous references to both Homer and 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 Joyce um, yes, you can't remember the. Uh, I'll be the conscience of my my race. Who said that? That he cannot remember. Then there's the moment when he was traveling with Joyce to America, <laughs> and and you know the the book the book was kind of a bit of a burden because it was so heavy. The customs officer opened the bag and found it and said, you know, you you know what are you doing with this book? Are you a student? And how the only thing he liked about the book was the big S. Yeah. You know, um, so that, that that for me is now interesting. While writing this novel, it was interesting for me to 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 say all those things which which were true to life of for myself, you know, at that age. But uh, but but now become part of a narrative in which Joyce is present in a different way. Um, now, as far as I was concerned, um, I returned to Joyce maybe when I was uh, trying to remember. I was I was 20, 24, 25 years old. Um, I was yeah, I was twenty four years old, and um, and I was I had um, fallen ill with hepatitis mm-hmm. with jaundice. I don't know how I got it. So I had I'd come to Oxford, gone back for my summer holidays, was in Bombay, and suddenly fell ill. So I, I was then more than three quarters of my way through my first novel, A Strange and Sublime Address, and then fell ill and couldn't come back for mm, Michaelmas term okay. to, to Oxford. So I spent time revising the novel, but also I read two novels while recovering, Anna Karenina, <laughs> and, and uh, reread uh, Joyce's Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Okay. And so this is in, uh, partly in, in response to your question about my relationship with Joyce. So uh, I, um, I, I, I felt great ad- admiration for the Tolstoy. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought this is an amazing work. And for the Joyce, I felt great. I suddenly felt great kinship. Uh, that, that, and I realized that Tolstoy's way was not going to be my way. I mean, it was... You know, I mean, that kind of 19th century realism is not something that I was really invested in, although I could admire it when I read it in the hands of a, of a very great master. Uh, but Joyce, that project with its kind of... Um, with its daydreaming qualities, uh, the... the the capacity of marginal people to daydream, informing uh, a way of writing, mm. uh, was where my heart lay. Is something that I recognized when I was 24, and um, uh, and 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 I think so on some on some very kind of deep level that has to do with with daydreaming, and with the way daydreaming then. Uh, makes moments of vacancy segue into moments of perception and and 
therefore uh, sort of catches in its net the inconsequential in what Joyce calls his epiphanies. That 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 was that is deeply important to me, and and it also was bringing back to me my own experiences of Calcutta. So I would find Calcutta in his Dublin. Then I would find Calcutta in in uh, Catherine Mansfield. I would even find find some of that. I would say in Mrs. Dalloway. So having discovered this way of looking, I was also discovering that place for me is in this constant uh, kind of place of translation uh, that, uh, that Calcutta has taught me to read about Dublin in Joyce Calcutta being the kind of city it was and that Joyce is also giving Calcutta back to me uh, and, and, and so I would say it's a, it's a kind of um, it's quite a uh, it's it's quite a, quite 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 a fundamental relationship to the modernists and to Joyce, and and, and even to a, 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 a novel like Sons and Lovers, um, in that I'm encountering in Sons and Lovers uh, people I wouldn't encounter in Jane Austen, uh, and 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 those people are reminding me of people I've seen like like Walter Morel, whistling as he works, happiest when he's fixing things, uh, flawed in his own way, uh, but. But uh, that, that, that kind of tactility, that, that um, physicality of the man uh, reminded me of some of my uncles, although my uncles were middle class and Walter Morel isn't. And, and um, so that, that kind of physical life in which the everyday is always getting transformed and it's an everyday that you don't encounter in Tolstoy or in Jane Austen, that, 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 that to me was, was, you know, it made me realize what, what I wanted to write about. Uh, so there been a rebellion in you at some point about that? And is that, is that a similar rebe- rebellion that perhaps some readers, I'm just reading some of the reviews or some of the attitudes towards your, your work, there's it's a terribly crude sort of library, well, nothing happens. But there is a, there is a, we do have a resistance as readers sometimes to books that don't give us a certain kind of, I guess, 19th century realist satisfaction. It was Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was that a rebellion that... You, is that part of the rebellion you were having that you didn't, as, as, a, as a young man, that trying to, trying to write for the first time? Um... Literature should be about kind of canonical literary subjects, mm. or big subjects, or at least you know major sort of uh, a major sense of, sense of angst or whatever. Uh, you know, just just um, just just the fact of loitering is 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 uh, not uh, going to be the subject of uh, a legitimate subject for literature. Graphs the novel from from Dan Jacobson. I'm faith, faithful to my recollect, recollections. I wanted not only to tell the truth as far as I knew it. Mm-hmm. Earlier you said you, you, you couldn't write this as a memoir; it had to, to be fiction. But it's obviously it's it's very personal fiction, maybe not autobiographical. I was wondering where this somewhere in all this this, this intimate epic, um, the taking of personal stories, embroidering it, and, and sure. transmuting. Let me. Okay. There's not really a question in there. No, no, else. no. I'm, 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 well, um, firstly, um, I would say that as far as the autobiographical is concerned, and I've said this a few times now because you know, when this subject comes up, 
Um, I, I'm, I'm not sort of in any conventional way interested in autobiography. Like, I'm not interested in telling you the important events in my life, my formative events. I'm, I'm telling you about, let's say, somebody waking up and then going to see his uncle. Oh. Those are the kind of things that interest me. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm talking about everything that happens between the kind of important events. And that's, that's, that's always where my interest has been. Um, so I think that kind of dismantles the idea of the autobiography in, in, in some way. So the, the impulse is not to tell you about a life, but about all the things that happened in that life, which were not the, you know, the, the things that constitute the life apparently. Uh, and uh, the, uh, I, I would say yes a lot of this book uh, is self-consciously sort of addressing the fact of repetition that, that stories are told again and again especially because uh, Ananda's uncle uh, Ranga Mama is a repetitious or repetitive or whatever you know, he, he keeps saying the same things mm. again and again um, and so Ananda has encountered many of these uh, stories before he even knows the sequence in which his uncle will say certain things when he first sees it first thing it will be to do with his breakfast the second to do with you know um, his bowel movements or whatever how much you know, water is running? How much water is running? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, uh, um, so it, so and but we know in the novel that Ananda knows already what's to come, as far as what his uncle mm. is going to say on certain occasions, uh, and almost everything the uncle says in this novel, Tranmore, he said before right. to him. So, so, um, so, the, the, so I, I am interested over here in the fact that. There is a kind of a form of epic theatre going on for Ananda that is taking part in something which is taken part in uh, many times before, but each time you must pretend that it's happening for the first time. Um, to just go back to Joyce for a second, uh, uh, I would say that when I think of Joyce, maybe maybe wrongly, I mean, the first thing I think about him is. Is, is, is the joy in the provisional uh, and, and I don't think about his compendiousness first of all okay. or nor do I think of the literary fireworks I first of all think about uh, the provisional nature of the spaces and the people he, he writes about uh, and that's what makes me feel close to that kind of writing uh, and, and uh, yeah yeah. Is that because those sorts of moments are, are by the almost by definition they're, they're, they're precious because they're fleeting because somehow and it's the, the idea of the act of recollection to, to memorialise these strange encounters in a, in a tea shop where your uncle debates how much of a tip to leave yeah. um, that has its own uh, its own fleeting, precious sort of identity that, in some ways, wouldn't be perhaps consecrated anywhere else except in that in that moment. Partly, I mean, that's to do with the, with bringing uh, you know the personal, the autobiographical into literature. I mean, so for a long time, you think um, all these things which you love for some reason, this memory of of no consequence about nothing. Um, 
important or exciting in any way, you think to yourself, this is too banal to, to bring into, into the domain of literature, which is meant for exalted things. And so, that, uh, once you begin to bring them in, uh, it's because, not only because you want to consecrate them in some way, of course you do, uh, but you also, um, you're also sort of taking apart uh, your own idea of, of, of literariness mm. uh, and, and, and allowing it in, to be somewhere that's more alive. You know, and for me, more alive means all the inconsequential random things that make up our lives uh, in in a room, in a street, or wherever. Um, so so, uh, so th- th- that's why those moments are brought in. Um, that particular scene to do with the muffin and the tea shop uh, in, in Hampstead, where they, where they go to first after, after leaving Belsa, after the, Bets, the Betsit in Belsize Park, is also a recasting of that chapter in Homer uh, where hmm, Odysseus is getting to know his son and his son doesn't recognize him at first because he appears he's, appears as a kind of tramp and and um, and then Odysseus begins to instruct his son and tell him about where he's been all these years and why he is the way he is now and they too have a a similar conversation, except that it's abortive. Anando and his uncle, they talk about their uh, uh, Anando's uh, mother uh, and um, Anando's mother becomes uh, a subject of minor controversy because uh, uh, the, the, the uncle says, um, you know, uh, she thinks she's Queen Elizabeth. And then uh, um, Ananda says, but isn't it right that she supported you and my father? Now, this is a reference to um, Odysseus saying, in a much nicer way than Rangamama does, that Athena has made me what I am. And so Ananda actually says, didn't she make you what you are? Isn't she responsible for what you have become? Uh, and, And then he tries to tell him, about the noisy neighbors who was bothering him at night and the uncle says well the uncle is not interested because he begins to say it's possible that they're 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 from outer space you know <laughs> because if they if this if they don't sleep at night that's one of the ways you you recognize an alien um and 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 uh, these are all parodies of of the kind of conversation that odysseus has with tenmarcus where they, 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 they find out, out find out about, uh, about each other. Was there a feeling of, of, of getting something out um, uh, by, by writing this? Um, did, you, did you the idea of re-experiencing of, of recollecting did it? Did it uh, push you to, to measure the difference between 2015 and 1985? Did it, did it make you wonder how far you'd come? Um, um, 
I was just pleased that I had uh, managed to make my uncle Odysseus and, and, and myself Telemachus and finally uh, embark on an epic telling. Uh, I've always been a miniaturist. I didn't give that up for this novel. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always been more concerned with form than with just giving people uh, huge swathes of, of life. You know, as a novelist is supposed to, uh, and I, I was glad that it didn't have to compromise on that, but still told an epic story at last, okay. and and and, uh, and that you know I could I could I could pay tribute to to, to, to people like my uncle, to the landlord I had uh, in the Indian restaurant, to those silly waiters, uh, and and. Uh, to Dan Jacobson, okay. uh, you know, uh, whom I cast affectionately rather than <laughs> mockingly as Nestor. Uh, so, so that 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 was something that I was quite happy with. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm very, I'm very curious uh, um, about your your writing career in general is, is the side that's the, that's the not literary side, um, although maybe it is literary in a, in a different sense. Is 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 as a songwriter, as a performer, as a mu- as a musician. Mm. Um, uh, and it sounds like it's one of the things that's been stopping you writing perhaps a little bit in, in recent years or, or slowing yeah, writing. but I want to be s- slowed down and stopped. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Do you not enjoy, is the, is the act of writing a diff- difficult one? It's, I don't know if it's difficult, it's always difficult. Yeah, it's any, any, any kind of, any work, uh, even if it gives you pleasure, I suppose must be difficult uh, because you're trying to find ways of surprising yourself. Um, uh, and not to speak of um, recovering faith in what you're doing but I've always wanted to kind of distance myself a little bit from becoming a producer of novels especially because of the dominance the novel has had in the last 15 years or so I find it a tiresome dominance and and I've always wanted to kind of sabotage my own sort of relationship (laughs) in some way um, because I don't think I can creatively function as a novel producer uh, so is, there, is there a bit of you that's like your uncle after all? There's, there probably there's is. Okay. There must be. There must be. But I, I just think that the novel has too much hegemony in in uh, in today's kind of publishing world, and and I I just kind of um, I, I just feel that you do your most valuable creative work within the kind of disruptions to any kind of defined role you might have. So music, is that one of the ways you, you created? But I love disrupt? music, it's in my DNA. So okay. it's, it's not, I'm not just doing it because I want to disrupt. Yeah. I just want to say thank you very much for, and uh, safe, safe by the bell. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just on that. Thank you.